0: Welcome to the podcast, We Do Recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr.
1: Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about addiction, but more importantly, about recovery. We wanna talk about what successful recovery can look like.
2: Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn.
1: Listeners, welcome
0: back to another episode of We Do Recover. This episode is gonna be 004. Today we have sp- some special guests for you, Mr. and Mrs. Green. How are you guys doing? Great. 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 Thank you for coming on. Let's do, uh, to start this thing off, let's do like we always do. Let's do some check-ins. Dr. Sellers, the man, the myth, the legend is in the house.
1: Just me. Can you hear me well? We got you, buddy. Okay, good. Well, I am happy to be here. I'm not in studio today because we have a special episode on a Tuesday and uh, couldn't be there, but pretty, having a pretty good day so far.
0: Nice. Nice. I love it. Look yeah. at, you're all geared up, dude. You got the headphones.
1: You I got are- headphones, but my microphone wasn't working that well, but I got headphones and a master's hat on, so I'm in pretty good shape. <laughs> He's got the golf hat. Yeah, thanks. Sean, how's it going, brother? Oh clock is ticking. I got a motorcycle ready and I got a thousand
0: miles to ride tomorrow. Holy cow, that's Sturgis. Yeah, but I got brand new seats on my bike today, so
2: I'm got to break them in. So anyway, that's what's good with me.
0: Nice. And that is why we're recording on a Tuesday night. Because I want to leave town. That's, hey, I don't blame <laughs> you. I don't blame you. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't blame you at well, all. Listen,
1: I don't know how good your math skills are, but if you drive a 1,000 miles an hour, you'll get there in an hour.
2: <laughs> is that, <laughs> with, <laughs> that with or against the rotation of the earth? I'm, I'm a little
1: confused <laughs> on that one. Now, now you're throwing in variables, so I get it. <laughs>
0: For those of us that didn't do good in math, we're going to leave it there. So, there Mr. Go. and Mrs. Green... Let's, let's have a check in with you guys. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves, share a little bit about yourself with the listeners?
2: Great, thank you. Um, our history together actually started about 35 years ago, nice. right here at Dixie College. Get out of here. It was a college back then. Wow. Um, yeah, we were in choir together and Leah was the most, uh, you know, most attractive girl in the room, so. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so we started there and, and uh, have been married 34 years now. So, it's been a, been a good a good time.
0: <laughs> so It's on silent. I don't know why it's ringing. I apologize. That's it's awesome, good. though. That was the music for you guys to sing the duet.
1: <laughs> they, they met
0: in choir, okay? Right. Sellers. Didn't we yeah. talk yeah. about this? You guys were supposed to sing a duet. <laughs> Thank right. you. For, yeah. so, so, you met in choir. Yeah. Love that. Was he the most handsome guy in the choir? Qu- he's already given you that compliment. I mean... It's only fair that we ask the question back, right?
3: He was—he was the most handsome guy in the choir.
2: Well, she was a, uh, mostly attracted to my roommate. At least, oh. the first. <laughs> first. <laughs> he was oh, not in the choir. The <laughs> yeah, my roommate wasn't in the choir. The truth is
0: coming. So I out. told the truth.
3: Was, he, it, he was the most attractive guy in, in the choir. choir. Do, you oh, see, do you
0: see what she just did there?
2: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. So we we uh, married about. A year, well, a little less than a year after we met and uh, spent most of our married life up in Salt Lake, in the Salt Lake area on the Wasatch Front, lived in Ogden for a little bit. Then when we moved back here uh, about five years ago.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So what is it you guys both do for a living?
3: Right now I am running my own business out of our home. I work in health and wellness. And uh, after a 35-year career in the banking industry, I stepped away from that a few years ago and decided to uh, have a little bit more flexible schedule. I want a relationship with our grandkids.
2: There you
0: go.
3: I want to be able to go when I want to go and spend time with them and have those relationships and with our adult children as well.
2: And I work in marketing communications Um, that's what my career has been kind of public relations and communications. And I moved here with the job, so it's been good.
0: I love that super cool. I can tell you guys are big family people and I'm glad that you brought that up. Right. Maybe we're going to get into some things of why perspectives change for you to, to make family a very big priority and glad to have you guys on.
3: So glad to be here.
0: Seller? do you guys want to hear about my epiphany this week? sure i had an epiphany so for those of you that don't know dr sellers is i, I don't want to call him a sponsor because we've never truly worked steps but he's a mentor of mine okay i before i was introduced to him i was this bearded construction worker guy or you know a real rough neck and uh guy changed my path and he, he does that, and I, sometimes I hate him for it, if I'm telling the truth. He does that to this day. He'll just drop little things, right? He knows that I'm diagnosed OCD, so he'll just plant these little seeds and then let me kind of tr- trip and figure it out. So we're doing some shirt shopping, right, Sellers? Dr. Sellers?
1: Okay. I don't know where this story's going. Oh,
0: boy. You do remember us going to get the yes, shirts that we're going to give out to Absolutely. people. that like. If you like episodes zero through five, you share it on your page. We are going to send you a free shirt for supporting it. So we're doing some shirt shopping, and we're talking. And I'm not going to bring up specific names or groups or anything like that, OK? But I mentioned that I have a resentment. Somebody's name came up, and I mentioned openly that I had a resentment towards this person. And Dr. Sellers called me out on it. He said, you know what? That's your thing. That's, that's your resentment. That's your deal. And really, I wanted to slap you at the time. Dr. Sellers, I did.
1: I deserved it, probably.
0: (laughs) But, you know, it made me start to think. Today, Mr. and Mrs. Green is here because they're going to share with our listeners what recovery is all about, what sobriety is all about. They've come on. They're amazing people. They've agreed to come on and share their family story of having to, to live with and somebody that had an addiction problem, great kid. This podcast is going to be about Adam Green. And really, it doesn't matter. I came to the conclusion this epiphany, sometimes I, if I'm going to be vulnerable, I went to the MRC program. It wasn't you know, this recovery center, that recovery center. And I think sometimes we all get caught up in the different flags that we fly, right? like an alumni. But really, whether it's a group you attend, whether it's a center you attended the thing I love about you Sara is they say just find recovery they don't care how you find it just find it and really I, I I was thinking about that and this epiphany I had was based on that like at the end of the day you guys are going to come on and you're going to share your guys' experience and remind all of us when I say all of us I, I especially mean myself at the end of the day what it's really about is saving lives because the disease of addiction doesn't care your age, your ethnicity, none of that. Your thoughts on that, Dr. Sellers, the man that met the legend.
1: Well, I think you're correct. I think you know one of the interesting things that we're gonna do today is we're gonna um, head a little bit different direction than where we normally head. You know, uh, we have been talking about people in recovery and things that they have accomplished in recovery and today we've got a slightly different story which is going to be really powerful i think and really meaningful and i'm looking forward to getting into it for sure
0: me too i can't wait so let's get to it However, tell us before we do go ahead can
1: i do one, can i do one thing before we do
0: well yeah you're always throwing curveballs let's
1: get it buddy did, i'm ready did you know did you know we have a new sponsor
0: that's right.
1: that is we right. Have, we have a new sponsor the hilton garden inn it's always sunny and friendly at the Hilton Garden Inn. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, stayed there a few times. I've always loved it, and they've decided to be one of our sponsors, and we're grateful for that.
0: That's right, and that is amazing. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. And really, that's going to be for guests that come down, that are traveling out of town, to be able to stay there so that they're not coming out of pocket to stay with us, to come join us on this podcast. So thank you, guys. We appreciate your sponsorship. So let's, let's okay, get back
1: to your, back to the story. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Dr. Sellers. I appreciate you. So tell us about Adam Green. Tell us about his beautiful life. Tell us about the experience that you've had with this disease of addiction.
3: Uh, Adam was, uh, go ahead. Can you, can you do me a favor? Yes.
1: What I, what I really want to know, though, is I want to know Adam Green. I don't want to know about addiction just yet. I want to know Adam Green. Tell me who he is. Tell me just the great things that are Adam Green. I want to know about who this kid really is.
3: Well, that will be pretty easy because the majority of Adam's life didn't have to do with addiction. Um, that was just a very sm- small, little, tiny piece. And when we think about Adam, we don't think about addiction um, you know, Adam was a beautiful, beautiful uh, boy, and he was so uh, curious and so fun as a little boy, and so creative. And it was it was fun and challenging to raise him because he was he did not want to miss out on anything. Um, he, wanted, he wanted to be home with me so that he could, you know, make the cookies. But he wanted to go to Home Depot with his dad. <laughs> and and he, he wanted to do all of it. He, he didn't want to miss out on life. He was, so, he was full of life and um, adventure. And he was a good kid. Real go-getter. Yeah, he was fun and fun to be with.
2: And his adventure spirits really started from a young age. I think he was two, maybe three when we lived uh, in Salt Lake and he uh, came up missing. And Uh-oh. we, we didn't know where he was, uh, searched and looked around the neighborhood for him. And I mean, it was not hard to miss him because he was this little toe headed kid, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he kind of stood out. But, uh, after searching for a while, a neighbor came and told Leah, that she had seen a little boy that she thought was Adam at the grocery store
0: oh no <laughs> parents' worst nightmare
3: yeah he was um, he was he was probably i don't i don 't think he was quite three years old yet um, he went he left and crossed a very 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 busy road to get into this grocery store and the 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 grocery store manager asked him where his mom was, and he said he came with his grandma. <laughs> and on the bus, on the bus,
0: clever
2: little guy.
3: And that. Um,
2: so they were paging for the grandma <laughs> who came with her grandson. I
0: can just hear it now. Can the grandma driving the bus please <laughs> who, who come?
2: Got her little grandson.
3: <laughs> and uh, you know when when we finally got him back. I just remember asking him, you know, he just kept saying, I just was trying to find the dog. I think he heard a dog barking and off he went to try to find the dog and ended up in, in the big grocery store. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he was full of, he was just full of adventure. He, one day he cracked uh, he cracked a whole dozen eggs on the kitchen floor. I, I think he just really wanted to see what was in them, you know? <laughs> and I remember telling him never, ever, ever to do that again. Don't ever crack
2: those eggs on the kitchen floor That's again. What I told
3: him. And a couple of days later, he took the new dozen eggs and he cracked them out on the sidewalk. <laughs> it wasn't
0: on the floor, Mom. He
3: did exactly what I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you weren't specific enough, apparently, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or so he too was specific, fun. I guess I should say.
3: He was athletic. He was uh, full of adventure. He was very, very creative. He uh, drew beautiful um, architecture. Floor plans, floor plans for homes. Um, In
2: fact, that was one of his threats. If he was mad at you, I'm not going to build you a home. <laughs> at what age did that start? Young. Oh, he was young.
3: Seven or eight. It, wow. it was before, I'll tell you for sure, it was before he could say his R's correctly because he would say, nevo, evo. I will nevo, <laughs> nevo. evo, buy, build you a home. <laughs> That's if, so cute. You know. So he was very creative.
1: Yeah. How, where's Adam in? How many children do you have, first of all? We,
3: we have five.
2: And he was the okay, second.
1: He's second. Okay. Yeah, so and it was girl, boy, is...
2: girl, boy, girl.
1: He
3: was our oldest okay. son. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were so excited to have a son. I grew up with just sisters, so I was just nervous about whether I would have just girls.
0: Or <laughs> oh, man, I bet you were so happy yeah. when you found out Adam was coming.
2: Yeah, definitely. But he was—he always loved the outdoors, and that was a big part of his life. He loved to go up and hike. He'd go up and, you know, camp and spend the night, and he just loved to be outdoors. So. In,
0: in fact, we have an amazing—you brought a, a picture of him, right? He was an Eagle Scout, if I understand correctly. Yeah. Can we aim that till we can get it on the camera?
2: There you go. Uh, there, it's a little bit. Yeah, he was an Eagle Scout. Here, there you go.
0: There you go. Nice. There's Adam Green. Yep. Yeah, there you go. It's a good-looking nice. kid.
1: Thank you. Okay, here's the question though. Behind every Eagle Scout, there's a mom who got the Eagle Scout award. Is that how it went down?
3: No. <laughs> no. Really? No. I the only badge I helped both of our boys uh, earn was the finance badge.
2: <laughs> that was her background.
3: That was my background.
2: Yeah, yeah. it
0: there makes sense. It makes sense. So, is there any particular? I I know with Scouts you do a lot of camping. You do a lot of fishing, right? A lot of outdoor stuff. Is there any particular memories that you have of him kind of in those teen years as we've talked about him when he's younger and as he starts to get kind of in the later stages of his adolescent youth?
2: Nothing in particular really, but you know, we lived at one point in Sandy in Utah and we were close to the canyons and he just loved to go hike up the canyons. You know, he would just spend so much time there. He just loved being outdoors. It was just a, a thing. In fact, uh, yeah, it was just a, a real part of who he was. He loved that.
3: You know, Adam. The name Adam means man of the earth, and um, he he loved he loved the world. He loved nature. He loved the earth.
2: And he was musical. He played the guitar. We had all of our kids uh, play a sport and play a musical instrument, and he was very good. He played the guitar, and we loved to listen to him play and.
0: There's something special about guitar players. Really, it's, I just watch them, and I get hypnotized. I love it. That's yeah. probably one of my favorite pieces of musical instrument to, to see people, to hear. Yeah.
3: It's beautiful. Yeah,
2: it's a real soothing
0: instrument. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so I got to ask the question, Was there any girlfriends in his life? At, at what point in time did you guys go, oh, oh man, he's, he's getting some girl crushes. It's part of every.
3: Adam was really shy. Okay. of girls. Um, I think he had several crushes <laughs> growing up, but I don't think those girls ever knew that he had a crush on them. And um, in fact, his, his really, was it the only high school dance he went to? He only went to one. And it was kind of an arranged thing. Um, and at that point, we had lived up in Ogden for a very short time. And um, he actually drove back up there to take a girl to a dance outside of his own high school. And um, I think that was the only dance he ever went to. I think he was so afraid of being told no. And he was such a handsome kid that I think there were probably a lot of girls who would have loved to have gone to a dance with him. Absolutely. So... Doctor
0: Sellers, were you ever nervous around the females when you were in your teens? Let's get it, buddy.
1: Still nervous around females? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean for sure. As a as a teen, I was I was shy. I was a little, a little bit there. Then I went into obstetrics and gynecology and had to learn how to deal with women. So
0: <laughs> there you go.
2: Yeah.
0: So. So I'm getting a I'm getting a pretty clear picture of of Adam. Seems like he was an introvert. Mm-hmm. He he was very talented. Definitely was not afraid to go out on adventures given his what was it? 3 or 4 that he he did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At a young age. Yeah. yeah. How was he as far as he was a sibling of five? Mhm. How was was he real close to his his siblings? What was the family dynamic like?
2: Yeah, I think there were some that you know, like any family, he got along better with some than others, but he and his sister, just younger than him, were very close. They they were very close. Yeah. There's
0: really something about that, is isn't there? I growing up was super close with my older sister, and we're 18 months apart. So there's there's something magical about you know that that close niche in age. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: in fact, uh, when his sister Bonnie was born, she she's just younger than he is. Um, he was three and a half. He had started preschool and, um, when he got up the morning that he got up, we had Bonnie at home. So when the kids woke up, there was this new baby at the house and, um, Adam, he never went back to preschool. He's, that was his baby and he had to stay home. And I thought, you know what? He's three and a half. He's got years of, of school if he wants to be here with me and this new baby, that's not going to hurt anything ever. And uh, so so preschool happened a year later. And Adam, he stayed there with his baby. Mm-hmm.
0: He was going to be a protector. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And he was. What a good older brother.
3: He was a protector. And uh, he was that way with our youngest daughter as well.
2: Yeah, she really looked up to him, admired him. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a close relationship with him as well that
0: yeah
3: and i think he had a pretty normal relationship with his brother i think they just were what most brothers are to each other
0: were they pranksters when they were together or any any kind of dynamic duo going on i think so yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know whenever i think of of you know memories with my brothers we're always doing pranking somebody or that's beautiful Thank you for for sharing that with us, Dr. Sellers. Do you have any other questions about Adam and his celebration of life? We got about a minute. Sure,
1: now. sure. Quick, tell me about school. How did he enjoy school? How did he do in school? What what did school mean to him? That sort of thing.
0: Should we take that in afterwards? Sounds we like can. we're winding down. Yeah, maybe it's It'll a longer a good...
1: question than we have left. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys so much for for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I I love that you brought the picture of Adam. That really for the people that are watching this on YouTube or. Facebook or Instagram they, they can really put a, a face with a name so thank you guys for listening to part one of we do recover we're going to join this up with part two we're going to hear a little bit more about Adam and, and his life we're also going to get into uh, kind of the concerns
2: we welcome you back to we do recover with Jared Miller co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers, brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Listeners,
0: welcome back. You're listening to part two of We Do Recover. Today uh, for your episode of 004, we have Mr. and Mrs. Green. They came on to share their story of of their son, Adam Green. And in, in part one, you really told us a lot about Adam. Uh, we appreciate that. In a minute, we're gonna we're gonna hear a little bit more about him and and get to maybe some struggles that he went through. So this part, I just want to thank Steps Recovery Centers. This podcast is brought to you by them, where addiction ends and healing begins. Are you ready to take the call, Doctor Sellers?
1: Sure. If we got a caller, let's listen.
0: All right. We got Rebecca calling from.
1: North Carolina. All right. Let's hear what she has to say.
3: Hi, guys. This is Rebecca calling from North Carolina. Um, Dr. Sellers, it seems like synthetic drugs are becoming more popular. Um, I was wondering, would you consider them to be like the next big epidemic in substance abuse that we'll be seeing? Thanks, guys.
1: That's uh, That's a good question, really. So synthetic drugs are... Most people that are listening will know of some of the synthetic drugs. Uh, The most prominent one probably is fentanyl. So one of the things that we're seeing now that's really contributing to an increased death rate among young kids is fentanyl is now cut into heroin. So fentanyl is somewhere between 80 and 100 times stronger or more potent than morphine. And so if you cut fentanyl into heroin, it makes it way more potent. So people that are used to getting a certain level of uh, a certain buzz or whatever they're looking for from their heroin, if it's got fentanyl in it, it will be a lot more potent, way more likely to overdose. Okay. Um, I was doing just a little bit of research on this topic earlier uh, because uh, I knew the question was coming. So... Um, what they, what, one of the things I saw was a picture of a penny. And if you can look at the date on a penny, that much fentanyl that would cover that date will kill a human being. So that's wow. a pretty potent drug. Go ahead.
0: I was just you know. saying, wow, like that is, yeah.
1: that's not crazy. much, right? It's just a couple of little pieces of powder, True. right? So, so other synthetics are, uh, there's synthetic, uh, marijuana, K2 and Spice are both synthetic marijuana drugs. Uh, Bath salts are synthetic. Uh, There's MDMA is synthetic. Uh, There's synthetic, so ecstasy is synthetic. Synthetics typically tend to be made in foreign countries and imported into the United States so they don't have the same sort of testing that we have from drugs in the US. Like kids are using pain pills all the time but the pain pills are approved by the FDA. At least we know they're pure. The synthetic stuff is coming from labs that are in the back alleys of uh, buildings in countries that don't have the same sort of things we do. So synthetics are dangerous. The real question that she asked though was, are they the next wave? And for sure, they're some of the next wave. I mean, we're seeing fentanyl is way more prominent. Uh, Last year in in this state, we heard of a couple of kids that died up in Park City from pink. Pink is a synthetic drug so yeah it's a it's a wave it's coming and it's going to be for sure part of the next wave the wave is looking for things that are more and more potent and cheaper and cheaper
0: thank you for that answer dr sellers we appreciate that and thank you rebecca for calling in that question if you're listening to this and you have a question for dr sellers let's get you on the air let's get your questions asked keep in mind he is a medical director so it's always good to, to get those kind of questions for him that number to, to call the hotline is 801-410-0676. Again, that's 801-410-0676. We'd love to take you guys' questions. OK. I am so excited to hear more about Adam. So before in part one, we Dr. Sellers asked the question about tell us a little bit about his education. Tell us about his social circles. Tell us about the people that he interacted with on a daily basis. Paint that picture for us.
3: Um, Adam was a really good student all through elementary school, most of junior high. Um, You know, as a parent, they tell you, you know, one of the first signs when a child starts to struggle is if you have an A student and all of a sudden they're a D and an F student, or when things start slipping, that's always a red flag. Yeah. And, um, you know, we saw a little bit of that. Through the end of junior high, and then um, that that pattern continued through high school. If if Adam actually did an assignment, put his name on it, and turned it into the basket, you know, he would get A's. So he was a smart he was smart. He didn't have a learning disability, um, but he did struggle uh, when he started getting involved with kids, or I actually don't even think that that was, I think Adam had such a strong conscience. This is just my perspective as his mother. I think he had such a strong conscience that when he did something, even something that wasn't probably really even that bad, right?
0: right.
3: he felt so horrible about himself that, that that was enough to start that, um, downward cycle.
0: So he really internalized a lot of that stuff.
3: Yeah. He had a very strong conscience. Yeah. You know,
2: I think one of the challenges, sorry, one of his, the challenges was we moved when he was about 10, wasn't it? Eight. Oh, about eight. We moved from Ogden to salt lake and he just had a hard time making connection with the boys in the neighborhood. And so I think, you know, he made some friends, we find out that they probably weren't the best friends, you know, but at that age, it's hard to distinguish between the really good kids and those who are struggling or who will struggle. So it was, it was a little bit of a challenge. And it seems like that's when, I mean, at that young age, that's kind of when he first struggled.
0: So looking back in recollection, you can identify that, that what may have been kind of the first signs.
3: Yeah, probably. Um, not, not quite that young. I mean, I don't think any of that kind of started really wearing him down. Got until he was a couple of years older. Um, but Adam was the kind of child who he, he didn't want anybody to feel left out either. So, you know, looking back at it now and even then we knew Adam had this really good group of friends and then he had this group of friends and yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I just call them life suckers. They just suck the life right out of you. Yeah. Um, And he had both of those sets of friends. And I think he had the set of friends because he just felt so bad. He knew how it felt from that move experience. He knew how it felt to go from being somebody who had a lot of friends. And all of a sudden, nobody, the, the, the boys, they didn't really want to be his friend. They kind of had already been friends. So they, you know, it was tick tock. The game is locked. Right. And, and so as an eight-year-old, I think that was like really confusing to him. And so as a human, what do we do? We in turn, we think there's something wrong with us. us. Mm. And I think that he went through that pattern at that young age and started doubting himself. Like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Yeah. But, you know, this group of kids over here on this side, they, they thought he was awesome. Like, oh my gosh, like we want to be around this kid. He's super awesome and, you know, smart and.
0: They saw the authentic Adam and they loved it.
3: They loved it. So they accepted him and all of that same time he was trying so hard to get into that, what we call a good group of friends.
0: Yeah. Dr. Sellers, you had a question.
1: Yeah. So for parents who might be listening as your kid goes from A's to B's and then from B's to C's, what are you thinking in your mind? What, I mean, what kind of things go through your mind as you watch your kid do this? So, I mean, there's going to be parents that have kids that do this, right? What are they, what are the things they're going to feel or what are the things they're going to do to explain it to themselves?
2: That is a good question. Um, I think they'll, I think we would probably look at someone else as being uh, at fault. There must be some kind of an outside influence that's, interfering with his abilities in some way, but um, I don't know if we could identify it at that point, really.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a tough point, is um, nobody wants to believe that they're, so, you know, I I don't know if you guys know my story, but I was addicted to drugs at one point in my life as well, and um, my, my family members, my support members didn't want to think I was a drug addict. They came up with all kinds of other explanations, right? What are some of the explanations maybe you tell yourself as you watch your kids start down this path? And I don't know if there's an answer to that, but.
0: And I appreciate that, Dr. Sellers, because really the thing I wanted you guys to come on and, and share, right? We, we wanted to keep this about celebrating Adam's life. I also love that you can bring an aspect to this podcast and an awareness to other parents mm-hmm. that as kind of maybe a blueprint or here was our experience mm-hmm. if you identify with any of these things Maybe have some concern, have a talk, right? Watch him a little closer. So as, as you kind of look back and I know it's difficult, we've under, we've learned Adam, right? You wouldn't be on this podcast if he hadn't experienced some type of addiction and, right. and that's what it's about. Can you tell the listeners from a family member's perspective, what you experienced in watching Adam go through his struggles?
3: Sure. Um, Well, first of all, if you're a parent and you're listening to this, and you have someone that's that young, I think think one of the hardest things that we all have to do as humans is stop making it about us. Like, think of that perspective of that eight-year-old. You know, now it's so easy for me to see, gosh, I should have just had so much compassion and kind of tried to figure out where he was. Um,
0: I'm so glad you said that. That is dead on.
3: Yeah. And so, you know, then as those few years went by and we get into ninth grade, 10th grade, um, and we see him starting to slip in grades, you know, but it gets very confusing because he is still obeying the rules at home pretty much. Um, and, he, you know, it wasn't weird that he pushed, limit he always pushed the limit he was just a limit pusher but as a parent you also look at that and go you know what the world needs limit pushers there's not that's not a bad thing if you can direct it and and get it in a positive path and so um you know as he got into that ninth tenth grade years and was still obeying the rules still playing the guitar still enjoying the the beautiful side of life, but also the grades are slipping. Uh the friend the friends that are kind of showing up at the house are kinda like, Whoa, wait a minute, you know, where are you going and who are you gonna be with? It gets very confusing as a parent and because you don't have a blueprint to follow, right. You react instead of, you know, taking a step back.
0: I'm trying to understand maybe.
3: <laughs> yeah you react i reacted a lot Adam and I were you, very close How do you do
1: that? What is that reaction?
3: Well, Adam and I were a lot alike in personality so we were the head butters you know we were the we weren't the opposites we were the same so we were the head butters and so you know wow. I I of course would I brought it up I you know introduced the elephant in the room You're very direct. And the elephant was ugly. He was he was an ugly elephant. <laughs> nobody likes their elephant to be called ugly. (laughs) It was an ugly elephant. And so I would bring it up and just flat out say, you know, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? You know, and of course, my balance, my better half here, my balance is saying to me, you know, you can't, you can't just assume he's doing something bad. So then you've got that crazy struggle that starts happening inside the house. Well, I
2: think that was one of the challenges that we experienced is that we weren't really together on Mm -hmm. it. I think if looking back, that's where we really struggled is that we, we never really were able to address it together and, and be united in that effort. You know, we kind of were fighting each other as well as trying to deal with Adam's challenges. And for me, I saw, you know, this kind of confrontational attitude developing in him. And and I I think that was kind of a a real sign and that he needed some help. And we had considered doing something. We just never really took action at that point. And I think, you know, that could have been the point where he could have gotten help before he got into, you know, abusing substances. I mean, because it wasn't drugs, of course, at first. I mean, he was, he drank.
3: He got drunk a couple of times. He
2: smoked.
3: And we would say to each other, okay, okay, just be calm. Like, probably the majority of the kids in the world get drunk. Yeah, you, but,
0: you don't want to overreact. Yeah, right.
3: and so we just thought, okay, just like keep this in perspective. Yeah. But then when I got the call that, you know, he, I had to come pick him up from school because... Somebody let the principal know that he had a bottle of hard liquor in his locker.
0: What age was that? I don't
2: know. 11th. Le- 11th? 11th grade?
3: Yeah. yeah. 10th or 11th.
2: So we would have been what 16, 17, 15, 17, yeah. Fi- 15, mm-hmm. 16,
3: right. se- yeah, somewhere in there. We, we that's when that's when we started going Oh my gosh, we got to get help for him. But oh my gosh, do we need to get help from him? Do we need do we need him to have help? Do we is I don't know. It was so confusing. It was so hard. What we really needed as parents was to say, we need help.
2: Yeah. We just didn't know what our resources were, what was available to us to get help. You know, we just didn't, we didn't know where to look. We didn't know where to go or how to find that help. And so that kind of continued through high school. And then it was really after high school that he started into the drugs. I guess during high school, he was doing some prescription drugs. At least that's what the story was, oxycodone. And so... We
3: think that's where it really started.
2: And so then it transitioned to heroin.
3: Right. And, you know, I actually had a really good conversation with Adam one day in the car. You know, he was 18. Uh, We're... we're, Our faith is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we were having a conversation about what he really wanted in life. He, he was really so upset because, um, he had told us that he took heroin and we were, we were, we were stunned. We were really like, we really, literally, we were like, well, okay, wait a minute. So what would have been wrong with marijuana? Right. <laughs> like, let's back the bus up. <laughs> Can we go back to the easy drugs? <laughs> you know? Cause that's really how we responded was like, wow, wait a minute what what happened to the steps in between and he told us he said uh, my friend lied to me he said he said he, i wouldn't be addicted and he you know he and he had that curiosity that curious personality um and so he was talking to me and he was saying he didn't want it, he didn't want that life he didn't want to be that way yeah you know and i said to him if you could have the life you wanted what would it look like and, you know, he said, uh, you know, I would, I would, I would be clean. Um, you know, I, I, would, I would consider a mission. You know, and he was like, but that's all, it's all too late. I can't ever have that. No. And, he, and, you know, and, he, and then he said, and, and I think this is so important for parents to hear this. He said to me, but if I don't go on a mission, Mom, are you going to be embarrassed for me to be sitting next to you at church? And I said, I said to him, I would never be embarrassed to have anyone sit next to me at church. None of, I would never be embarrassed to have a child sit next to me at church. I don't care what age you are, or if you went or didn't go. And as far as what everybody else thinks, I don't go there for what they think. That's not why I go. And I just said, and that shouldn't be the reason you go ever. So I think we that, her. it was an interesting conversation. He was in deep, he couldn't get out by himself. He didn't know what to do, he knew that he was addicted. He knew he craved it and he didn't want to, and,
2: and, uh, and we struggled to know what to do. And so we took him to his grandparents in Idaho. We thought we've just got to get him out of this environment. And he wanted to go. We took him up there and then he stayed with uh, an uncle and aunt and was there for a few months. And we, we wanted him to go to a, you know, church program for recovery. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that really happened, you know? No. Um, and so then they were concerned because he was doing some things that they thought he was trying to create math, you know? Oh. And he, he said he had an interest in that. So we took him back home you know, stopped at the hospital on the way to have him drug tested. He was clean, so we couldn't involve him into a program right then. And we were gonna try and start him, you know, the next week, we could get him into a program.
3: He had to test clean to start the program. Oh, okay. For our insurance to cover it.
2: So he, we we took him home, and then he got, uh, got some- That was a Sunday night. Yeah, on Monday night, he got some heroin from a friend and took that, and and we woke up the next day, and he was gone. So it just happened so fast. I mean, that's the thing; it was surprisingly fast. I mean, we, it was just a matter of months, and you know, we didn't have a long, drawn-out experience with this addiction with him. You know, just amazing how quickly that happened.
0: That's the scary thing about heroin and opiates yeah. is it, it doesn't doesn't matter if it's your first time or if it's your 500th, 5,000th. I mean, it's Russian roulette. And I just want to say I connected with, I was getting choked up as you were sharing that with me because I've personally felt some of that. And and I really hope our listeners can connect with that. And thank you for sharing that.
3: Yeah. And can I, I just want to, I know we don't have very much time, but if I can just talk for just briefly about, you know, what does recovery look like for the family? What does it look like after they die? um because i know so many people have asked us how did you guys stay together and um you know we we laid in bed that next night and we both um we both apologized to each other for uh, everything that we had done and not done and we promised each other that we would never ever bring it up or blame the other ever again and um and we haven't and we also have um we, we talk about, Adam's still a member of our family. We just can't see him. Absolutely. And we talk openly about Adam. We always have with all of the other children. And we've let them um, grieve in their own way. They've all been on the grief cycle. It doesn't end. And um, when they're angry, we let them be angry. When they're happy, we let them be happy. You know. It's interesting because then you feel guilty for feeling happy, that they're not suffering and that they're not here. And we let them know that's normal too. And we just let them, we just, there's not a wrong way to grieve unless you're doing damage to yourself or someone else. And we let them have that freedom. And we don't, and we don't hold any of them hostage for any of the feelings that they have. Because none of the feelings they have are wrong, Um, and I think our family is closer. We love each other more. Our kids cherish each other, and and we want a relationship with all of them. We really have two choices: you can love them or you or not. And we just chose to love, and we chose to forgive and we still forgive each other.
0: Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you.
1: Oh, well, that was powerful.
0: That was extremely powerful. You know, I I wanna dedicate this podcast to Adam, Adam Green and to any other family member out there that has lost somebody in the disease of addiction. Anything you got, Terry, we got 30 seconds, yeah. buddy.
1: No, no buddy. Nobody knows how to do this, like parents don't know what to do, they don't know how to get their kids safe, how to keep their kids safe. So just I think talking about this is so important because everybody does their best, but nobody knows what to do.
3: Well, Adam's life was the greatest blessing that we've ever had and his death was the greatest gift. He ever gave us thank you guys thanks for coming so
0: on. so much
1: thank you thank you for joining us today on we do recover with jared miller help us spread our message of hope like comment and share if you have any topics or ideas for future shows please share that on our facebook page that facebook page is
0: we do recover with jared miller if you or a loved one needs help please reach out to us Again, thank you for listening.
2: Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from a podcast studio.